Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is a wonderful, wonderful day. I am doing the Sunday School lesson for Greater Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries. This is Saturday, the 4th of July, the year 2020, here in Dallas, Texas. And I'm pretty sure you will probably hear the fireworks that are going on all around me. And I even smell the, I guess I don't know whether it's gunpowder, whatever it is that they make them with, that does the popping. I smell that too. But God is keeping me. And I should say instead of but, I should say and. God is keeping me. He's keeping us, and I am so thankful. I'm enjoying this day. He's blessed us to live, to see another day, another evening. And for that, I am so, so grateful. We'll get into our Sunday School lesson, lesson, and it is the L.G. Parkhurst Junior version of the Sunday School lesson, which is based on the International Sunday School lesson. And the way to glorify God is our topic. The way to glorify God. We are in John, the ninth chapter, the 24th through the 34th verses. The focal scripture here is John, the ninth chapter, and the 24th verse. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. We'll go to our Bible gateway, and we will read our scripture. Right here, King James Version. John, the ninth chapter, the 24th or the 34th verses. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know that, whereas I was blind, now I see. Then said they to him again, What did he to thee? He opened, how opened he thine eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and ye did not hear. Wherefore would ye hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses as for this fellow we know not from whence he is. The man answered and said unto them, Why herein is a marvelous thing that ye know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. I'll repeat that. If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. 
They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. My, my, my. I can tell this is going to be a great lesson. And we're going into our commentary right now, and we're talking about the way to glorify God. Hallelujah. I've missed, I think, two Sundays. I went on a uh, vacation, which I enjoyed thoroughly, praise God. And then also I took another week off. So I think it's been two weeks that I missed a Sunday school lesson. But, but, and, there are so many ministries in this world. And right now, because of this pandemic, they are on the internet, so you haven't missed a thing, have you? But I want you to stay right here with Greater Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries. It's a wonderful, 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 wonderful privilege to be able to come to you. You can reach me at 469-629-9543. You can also reach me at ggtchurch66 at yahoo.com. And I'm praying for you that God will continually bless and keep you in His will and that you'll want to be kept in His will. You will want to be kept in His will. There is no greater thing than being in the will of God and Him keeping you in His will. All things work together for good to them that love God and called according to purpose. And I know there's a he is in there italicized, but that was inserted by King James. But we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to purpose. And that purpose is of God, okay? The way to glorify God. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, and I want you to know that. The glory of God includes God's nature and character as revealed in us in creation and supremely in the Bible as the Bible supremely reveals God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit to us. When God glorifies himself, God reveals his nature and character. In John, the second chapter and the 11th verse, we read that Jesus revealed his glory, which is the glory of God, his character and nature when he performed his first sign by changing water into wine in a way that the bridegroom would receive the honor for what Jesus did. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, our advocate, glorify themselves when they reveal the truth about themselves and one another in a multitude of ways throughout time and eternity within and beyond our understanding as humans. 
throughout the Gospel of John and the New Testament, we see how the Father glorifies Jesus and Jesus glorifies the Father. Glorifying God includes, but is not limited to, telling the truth about God, telling the truth to God, and telling the truth to those who have a right to know and learn the truth as we see Jesus and the disciples demonstrating in the New Testament as they do God's will. We glorify God when we worship God and obey God's commands. To glorify God, we must love God, our neighbor, and love others as Jesus loves us. In John, the 13th chapter, and the 34th verse, Jesus declared, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. The Pharisees and hypocrites we read of in the New Testament thought they glorified God, but they did not love God or their neighbors. We must beware that we do not become like the scribes and Pharisees and think we can glorify God while condemning and refusing to love those with whom we disagree. Point, point, point right there. We've got to love each other. We can disagree, but we should not hate each other. And there is this saying we should, what is it, agree to disagree? Hey, everybody has their opinion and their belief about many, many, many things that are different from mine, different from yours. But I'm not supposed to hate you because you are different. You think different, okay? I love you, whoever and wherever you are. We are to love one another. And there's a scripture, and we might go across it in this lesson. But there is a scripture where God asked the question, How can you love me whom you've never seen and hate your brother, and I'm going to put and sister in there, whom you see daily? It's not possible. You need to go back and do your first works over again. Whatever it took you to be saved, you need to go back and do it again. You have to do it because you can't hate me. I can't hate you and be saved and sanctified. It's not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. We glorify God when we worship God and obey God's commands. To glorify God, we must love God, our neighbor, and love others as Jesus loves us. I'm repeating that, okay? Now, when the Pharisees told the man that Jesus healed to give glory to God, they wanted him to tell them the truth. Did you get that? When the Pharisees told the man that Jesus healed to give God the glory, they wanted him to tell them the truth. But they wanted him to give glory to God as they understood God instead of giving the glory to Jesus, the Son of God, who healed the man. In Joshua 
the seventh chapter and the 19th verse, we see how Joshua asked Achan, the thief, to tell the truth. My son, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him. Tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. Joshua had a right to know and learn the truth from him. He used give God to glory, or excuse me, give glory to God, all right? As courts sometimes require a witness to swear that they will tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. The Pharisees remained spiritually blind, while the formerly blind could see clearly physically and spiritually. The Pharisees proved they did not know and love God because despite all the evidence before them from reliable witnesses and from the truthful testimony of Jesus about himself, they refused to glorify God. Instead of giving God the glory, the Pharisees said they knew Jesus, the Son of God, was a sinner. They called Jesus a sinner because Jesus obeyed his Father and the law of God, not the laws and traditions of the Pharisees that made the law of love invalid. Now, in their unloving spiritual blindness, they never praised God for the miraculous healing of the man born blind, nor did they tell the man they were pleased he had regained his eyesight. They only saw him as a born blind sinner. My, 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 my. Oh, my, 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 my. And there are people today who see the miracles and they know that it's extraordinary, not normal. And they yet refuse to give God the glory. They refuse to give him the glory. They refuse to acknowledge the fact that it is the work of God. My goodness. The man Jesus healed insisted on the facts he knew to be true. He did not know of any sins that Jesus had committed, and he refused to accept as the truth what the Pharisees said about Jesus. They pressured him to defame the one who had healed him, but he said he did not know of anything Jesus had ever done wrong. He said what he knew to be true in his own experience as an eyewitness. He knew that he had been born blind. He knew that he could see after Jesus healed him. Everyone who knew him knew that though born blind, he could now see. He insisted on the true facts of his own experience and refused to speculate about Jesus. He stuck to it, didn't he? And that's what we have to do. We have to stick to what we know the truth is. 
it matters not what comes or goes. This is to me. I am going to speak the truth. Whatever the consequences, I'm going to speak the truth because I know that God is my witness. I know that he's a witness. Oh, and my record is on high. Hallelujah. And just like the blind man, he insisted on the true facts of his own experience and refused to speculate about Jesus. And we don't have to speculate. We know what he's done in our lives. We know that we were told by someone else that if you are sorry for your sins, if you tell God that you are sorry for your sins, if you repent, that means tell him I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry I sinned. And if you accept him, tell him, I know I'm a sinner. And then accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Oh my goodness, it's done. Someone told me that and I did it. And God saved me instantly, instantly. And I praise him for it. Now, it's a work. You work daily. Even though I have been saved for, oh my goodness, about almost 50 years, God is yet working with me, working with me. It's a daily effort. It's a daily walk. It's a daily task to live a saved and a sanctified life. It's a good life. It's a good life. It's not hard to live, but we do come face to face with obstacles, difficulties, trials, tribulations, unexpected things come up. But God is always present. He's always there to let us make it through whatever it is and come out victorious. That's why I serve God. I serve him because of who he is. I thank him for forgiving me of my sins, taking all of those sins away. He didn't have to do it, but he did. And I am so thankful. I was a sinner. I was a wretch undone. But hallelujah, God gave me another chance. And in my more seasoned years, I am trying to live the life that I talk about. I'm trying to live it, walk it, as well as talk it. Live it by precept and example. Yes, I am. I'm trying my best to, and God is sustaining me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Now, all right. The Pharisees continued to look for reasons to murder Jesus. 
if they could create a list of ways that Jesus had violated their laws, then they could bring criminal charges against Jesus before the Sanhedrin or council, put him on trial for breaking their rules, and sentence Jesus to death. What is our subject here? It is the way to glorify God. These people were trying their best to find some wrong in Jesus. They could not find it. And let me tell you something. There are people in this world who just don't like you because they just don't like you. They don't like you if you're saved. They don't like you if you're a sinner. For some reason, you are an intimidation to them. You have to go on and live the life. And I I would rather you live the life as a sanctified person. You have to live the life. You have to live the life. People will try. They will try. They will try. They will try to aggravate you. They will try to manipulate you. There are all kinds of tactics that the enemy has to try to trip you up and make you sin again so that they can get some dirt on you and spread that mess about you. And even if they can't, and when they can't, they will still make up some mess on you like they did here for Jesus. They were searching and searching and trying to get people to lie about Jesus, but they could not justifiably accuse him of any wrongdoing. So with their two questions, they admitted that Jesus had opened the man's eyes. Now, it was only a matter of listing the laws Jesus broke when he healed the man. Of course, Jesus did not break any of the laws of Moses. The Pharisees broke the laws of Moses with their rigid and unloving extensions, additions to, and interpretations of God's law contrary to the scriptures. The man Jesus healed had courage, wisdom, and spiritual sight. Even as Jesus told the Pharisees repeatedly when they questioned Jesus that they refused to listen to the truth, so also they refused to listen to the truth from the man regarding his healing. We do not know all that was going through the man's mind when he asked them why they wanted him to repeat what he had already told them, but they took his final question as an insult. They had no interest in becoming a disciple of Jesus. They only wanted to find more excuses to condemn Jesus as a sinner and kill him. My, my, my. And that is the way it is today. That is the way it is today. Satan 
wants to find a way to condemn and kill you. And I mean, he wants to kill you physically dead. Being not but for the grace of God, we would be dead and sleeping in our grave. Lord God Almighty. But he spoke the word and made death behave. Oh, that's a true fact. That's a true fact. And I know all of us can attest to times when we can look back and say, oh my God, he saved me from that. That could have been it for me, but God saved me. He rescued me. He spared my life. Hallelujah, he spared your life. Now, in reply, the Pharisees accused the man of being a disciple of Jesus. Perhaps they thought Jesus and the man had colluded to convince people that Jesus had healed him. One thing we see clearly, the man Jesus healed, spoke and acted as a disciple, follower, or student of Jesus. Now he spoke with conviction and power regarding all that Jesus did for him, knowing the sure and certain consequences he risked for speaking the truth. He could be cast out of the synagogue and denied access to God in temple worship. Oh my goodness. Now the Pharisees claimed to be disciples of Moses and certainly not of Jesus. They claimed to apply Moses' laws and teachings as Moses would have wanted them to apply them. From our study of John and the other Gospels, we know that God the Father expects the disciples of Jesus to listen to or obey Jesus and not Moses or Elijah as though they were of an equal status with Jesus. Now in John, the first chapter, the 16th through the 18th verses, we learned, from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. Nor does God the Father want Jesus' disciples to blend Jesus' teachings with the teachings of laws, teachings or laws of Moses and the prophets to create a new religion. And that that's a fact. And I must repeat that. Nor does God the Father want Jesus' disciples to blend Jesus' teachings with the teachings or laws of Moses and the prophets to create a new religion. For example, when they became Christians, Gentile followers of Jesus Christ were not required to be circumcised. Christians no longer need to follow the 
food restrictions of the Jews. On the Mount of Transfiguration, when Peter wanted to make tents for people to come and learn from Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, God the Father refused his request and told the disciples in Matthew, the 17th chapter, and the 5th verse, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. We can also see Luke, the 9th chapter, and the 35th verse. With divine light and spiritual insight, the man, Jesus healed, had better reasoning powers than the Pharisees. Though he most probably had never heard Jesus preach, he spoke words consistent with Jesus' words in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Now, remember, and I do reiterate, that this is a commentary. So the commentator speculates on several occasions, okay? He said, though he most probably had never heard Jesus preach, he spoke words consistent with Jesus' words in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew, the seventh chapter, the 16th through the 18th verses, Jesus taught, you will know them by their fruits, are grapes gathered from thorns, or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. The Pharisees were like the ravenous wolves Jesus preached about in Matthew the 7th chapter and the 15th verse. Now, what I just read about what Jesus taught, you will know the fruits. That's Matthew the 7th chapter, the 16th or the 18th verses. The Spirit is telling me to, to tell you that again, okay? Now, it seemed obvious to the man Jesus healed that Jesus was a good man who had come from God and he would give the glory to Jesus and to God, though he did not yet know all he would soon learn about Christ Jesus. The man reasoned that God could not be a sinner because God does not listen to the prayers of sinners, that is, to those living a rebellious life against God. God did listen to Jesus' prayer when Jesus healed the man. Therefore, Jesus could not be a sinner according to the law of God. According to the law of love, Jesus loved the man and Jesus healed the man. Next, the man told the Pharisees the spiritual qualities a person must have for God to answer their prayers. First, he must worship God. The Pharisees would claim that they worshiped God, but to truly worship God, a person must worship God in God's way instead of man's way, and that involves love of God and neighbor. Second, it seemed obvious to the man Jesus healed that Jesus obeyed the will of God, and that is why God gave Jesus the power to heal him. 
The Pharisees refused to obey the will of God. They refused to believe or believe in Jesus. They refused to love God even though they claimed to glorify God. They refused to love their neighbor as we see in the way they treated others unlike themselves and in the way they treated Jesus and the people Jesus healed. The man accentuated the goodness and power of Jesus by saying no one had ever heard of anyone opening the eyes of a man born blind. Unlike the Pharisees who insisted on remaining spiritually blind, the man showed by his testimony and courage that he had received far more than physical eyesight from Jesus. Jesus also gave him spiritual insight and increased his knowledge of God. This is, this is super. The man continued to declare that if Jesus were not from God, then Jesus could do nothing good. Jesus did not seek a reward or anything selfish from the man he healed. Jesus only sought to do the people good. Some might do amazing things like Simon the Magician, but not for totally unselfish reasons to benefit others as Jesus did. So we can see that in Acts, the 8th chapter, the 9th through the 25th verses. In the New Testament, we see Jesus and the disciples of Jesus healing people and preaching the good news of Jesus from totally unselfish motives instead of personal gain. They showed their faith and the obvious presence of Jesus in their lives and work as they helped others. We're coming to our last verse here. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. Now, in response to the testimony of the man Jesus healed, the Pharisees showed themselves for the evil people they were. Jesus healed a man to glorify God, to truly help a man born blind, to teach his disciples, and to teach all who would learn about how and why he healed a man born blind. After they learned that Jesus had healed a man born blind, the Pharisees refused to glorify, thank, or praise God. Instead, they attacked the man personally and said he was born in sin. They blamed the man's blindness on his sins or the sins of his parents. Because he was a sinner, they decided the man was not worth listening to when he taught them truths that they should have known from the scriptures but chose to disregard. Since they could not refute the truths the man taught them, they condemned him. Judging him a sinner, they would not let him teach them or others, just as they accused Jesus of being a sinner and would not let Jesus teach them. Furthermore, they did not want him or Jesus to teach others about Jesus and Jesus' loving, 
powerful good works, so as punishment and to make him an example, they cast him out of the synagogue so no one would be tempted to listen to him for fear they too might be cast out of the synagogue. My, my, my. And we have five questions. Isn't that a powerful lesson? The way to glorify God. The way to glorify God. Now they had called this man in a second time to question him. A second time. They were determined to get some dirt on Jesus. But hey, there's no dirt on our God. Hallelujah. And because he washed our sins away. Oh my goodness. If we're living a sanctified life, hey, what's in the past is back yonder. God does not remember it. He doesn't remember it. He threw it away, cast it behind his back, saved us, gave us a new life, a glorified life, a clean life. And that's the life I'm trying to live. How about you? I'm doing the best that I can, and I'm leaving the rest up to God. Hallelujah. Now our questions here just for your, you know, just ponder over and answer. Have fun with, okay? Number one, how did the Pharisees expect this man to give glory to God? Did he? How do we give glory to God? Number two, how did the Pharisees know Jesus was a sinner? Number three, how did the man challenge the Pharisees when they kept asking his questions? What does his answer tell you about the man? Number four, what did the Pharisees accuse the man of being? What did they say they were? Number five, who did the man say God listens to? How did the Pharisees answer him? Hallelujah. We're going to pray right now and ask God to touch, heal, deliver, whatever is needed. We're asking God to do it. And then we're going to do the prayer of repentance. But you know what? I think I'm going to switch that around through the prayer of repentance. Repeat after me. It is very, very important. It's an essential part of life if you want to make it into the kingdom of God. It's a simple process. Just repeat after me. Dear God, I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins in the name of Jesus. I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Amen. Huh. It's a done deal. Less than a minute. And now you're saved. If you repented and accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're saved now. Now what you need to do is you can call me, Greater Gospel Temple. This number is 469-629-9543. The email address is ggtchurch66 at yahoo.com or call someone else if you have a desire to ask God to lead you to a sanctified leader, all right, or lead a sanctified leader to you. That's if you don't call me, okay? Now, that's all you have to do. And then day by day by day, 
Live and learn. Learn and live. All right? Because you're saved now. And so just keep it up. If you need any help, I will do the best that I can to help you to walk this sanctified road. Okay? I love you. Enjoy the remainder of your day or night. All right? It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful life. And I am so thankful to God for this life.